Welcome to the SG Engage podcast, where it's all social good all the time. Sit back and relax as the brightest minds from across the social good community engage with trends, big ideas, and best practices to help you drive impact. Today's episode features a session from BBCon 2020 Virtual on 10 Ways to Supercharge Your Content, presented by Nileva Corley, Principal User Experience Designer at Blackboard. In the episode, you'll learn the basics of content strategy along with the tips to help your content be more effective. If you'd like to get information on BBCon 2021, where you'll experience many more great sessions like this one, visit bbconference.com. Enjoy the episode. My name is Nyleva, as Nick shared, and I've been on the user experience and design team here at BlackBot for eight years. My specialties are focused around information architecture, content strategy, user research and usability, and I'm based out of beautiful Colorado Springs, Colorado. When I'm not working on UX projects in the nonprofit space, I spend a lot of time outdoors, and my hobby uh, is long-distance trail running, but I'm happy to be outside anytime at all enjoying nature with my fur baby Tootsie. So that's Tootsie with her adorable self. She's sharing some concern in this photo about a cheeky marmot that you can see sitting on top of that rock. Uh, we're at the top of Pikes Peak and top, Pike, Pikes Peak is based uh, here in Colorado Springs. So I could talk about Tootsie all day long, uh, but we're here to discuss how more optimal content can help you grow robust and effective online experiences for your constituents. And I mean creating purposeful content for everyone in your community, from your donors and your fundraisers to your volunteers and your advocates. So we'll talk today through why we should care about content strategy, and we'll do a quick primer on what content strategy is. And then we'll focus on those 10 ways that you can take advantage of today to create more effective and meaningful content for your constituents. So let me pose a couple of questions for you. What if you could devote more time to the content that matters most for your organization? So several years ago, Jerry McGovern, who's this digital customer experience expert, he wrote an interesting article about how Microsoft.com discovered that some 3 million pages of their 10 million page website had never been visited at all. And the Microsoft team, once they discovered this, started working on removing those irrelevant pages, and they started focusing on the top tasks that most people were coming to the site to complete. And Jerry McGovern talks a lot about top tasks on a website, so go check him out and the awesome work uh, that he does. So that's one thing to consider. Another thing to consider is what if only 10% of your web content drove 90% of your site traffic? So a few years ago, there was an article in Forbes about a study that only 10 to 20% of a company's site traffic did just that, drove 90% of their traffic. And I've had similar experiences with nonprofit sites and content audits that I've conducted. In one example, the top 25 pages of a site's content yielded 70% of traffic. So your mileage, of course, may vary. It may be more than 25 pages as the top performing pages, and it may be more or less than 70%. But still, that sentiment rings true. If you could focus on the content that was most critical to your organization and expire or archive all of the other content, just think of uh, you know, the great content that you could be producing. 
It's also really interesting to think about content strategy in light of our extreme case of global information overload. So as a content creator, you're competing with all the TikToks and Instagrams that are being posted across the internet. So at UC San Diego, a few years ago, there was this study that said that we're processing 34 gigs of data every day. So that's about 100,000 words of content every day that we have to parse through. That's a massive amount of information uh, to, to parse through. So in our nonprofit space, we have to be especially aware of how our content fits into that massive information vortex. And finally, there's this great, great study that Colleen Jones, another content strategist, did a few years ago. And it's about people's perceptions of web content credibility. And she found that more than half of the folks who were surveyed thought that web content was hit or miss or unreliable. And we certainly don't want our content to be considered irrelevant or unreliable. And that's why it's so critical for us to be working on our content strategy every single day. So there is a direct link between the content your constituents are consuming on your site and how they feel about you as an organization. The job of content and also our job as content strategists is to help create an emotional connection with your constituents and also to create a digital space for your constituents to have meaningful moments around your organization's mission. You wanna start relationships with your constituents on your website and content should help you do that and help you nurture those relationships. You also want elements of your website to help your constituents light up and get a spark of joy. Your content in some cases should be delightful and make your, your constituents happy. You also want your content to help your constituents feel accomplished in their connection to your cause. Make them feel like the heroes they are in the story they're creating with your organization. And you also want your content to help constituents get some basic tasks done and feel some satisfaction of checking some things off their list, whether that's signing up for an email or filling out an online petition or even making a donation on your site. We definitely don't wanna be the folks making content that's boring, confusing, or irritating to our constituents. And we don't wanna be on Erin Kassane's bad list. Erin is a pioneering content strategist and with her approach in mind, our goal truly is to root out our content that doesn't have purpose and that ultimately is just getting in the way of our constituents doing what they came to do on our sites. As one of my former BlackBod colleagues wrote about the costs of bad information architecture, the costs of bad content are precisely the same. They can be staggering to your organization and to your constituents if you disregard low quality content on your site. But if you focus on content strategy and you get your content right, you can reap some pretty remarkable benefits from increased donations to more engaged constituents to a stronger community and a broader reach for your mission. So all of these things, trust, credibility, awareness, delight, value, those are all available for you if you focus on content strategy and get your content right. So what do I mean when I say content strategy exactly? Well, let's talk a little bit about the dictionary definition of content strategy. 
And I'm using a definition that Christina Halverson wrote in her prominent content strategy book, Content for, for the Web, Content Strategy for the Web. Christina writes that content strategy is the planning for the creation, publication, and governance of useful, usable content. Ultimately, content strategy is what's helping you meet your organizational objectives. And your org may already have some semblance of a content strategy already. If you're meeting regularly to create your content, if you're building and optimizing content models for your site, if you're reviewing and using analytics data, if you're examining internal policies for creating content and expiring content, if you're refining a content calendar and using that to develop your content, then you're doing content strategy already. If you're not, that's totally okay. And we'll take a look a little bit later in our conversation today about how to do those very things. Christina's perspective is truly that investing in content strategy and creating top-notch content that's useful, usable, and enjoyable content is the single best thing that you can do for your organization. And I wholeheartedly agree. So what exactly is useful, usable, enjoyable content? So it's content that your audience need and want. And it's not strictly the content that your organization thinks is a priority. That last part is the key part. This content strategy work isn't all about you. It's about your constituents and what they're trying to accomplish. And we're really looking to strike a balance there between your organizational objectives with content and what your audiences need and want with content. So I have a few examples of some useful, usable, enjoyable content. And you probably have some good examples of your own. But here are a few that I really like. Useful, usable content and enjoyable content is content that tells a compelling story. So here are a couple of examples where these nonprofits are using storytelling to bring forth the human element of their content. And I think this is a really great example of useful, usable, and enjoyable content, content that tells a compelling story. It's also content that focuses on impact and content that's also relevant for your audiences when they need it the most. Content that has currency is also useful, usable, and enjoyable content. Content that is location specific. So in this particular case, maybe I'm looking for an Easter Seals affiliate near my neighborhood. And so the Easter Seals website provides that exact information. It shows me precisely where the location is of an Easter Seals affiliate that I might be able to consult for services. Content that's shareable is also useful, usable, and enjoyable content. In this particular case, UNCF has made it really easy for me to tweet out some content onto my Twitter channel. And so this is another really wonderful example of useful, usable, and enjoyable content. Content strategy is not something that you do one time in a silo all by yourself. It's definitely a collaborative ongoing effort that should be connected to every single part of the user experience journey. Content strategy certainly does have a place in your daily workflow. It also has a place in your optimization projects and your redesign projects. It can require some ritual-like practice and attention to detail as you're concepting, creating, producing, and publishing all of your content. 
but that's something that establishing a, a robust content strategy and planning well in advance can help you achieve. You'll find a little bit more detailed information on how content strategy can fit into your redesigns in the resources section at the end of this presentation. So now that we know why content strategy is so important to us in the nonprofit space and how it fits in our work, let's talk through those 10 methods that you can use today to help your content live its best life. So here we go. Method number one, take an inventory. So the content inventory is a quantitative assessment of the footprint of your website. So it's a really granular view of all of the pages and also other kinds of collateral that you have on your site. You really cannot evaluate what your content is like or how well it's performing until you know exactly what you have. So you can use some site crawlers or ask your favorite web developer to help you make a list of all of the pages that are on your site. So once you have an inventory, that quantitative assessment of what content is there, then you can conduct an audit. So the content audit is the heart and soul of content strategy. It's where you're gonna be assessing the performance and qualitative merits of your site content. So content audits can be very exhaustive I'm not gonna lie, it can be like climbing a mountain. There may be times that you wanna give up, but I promise the view from the top is gonna be so worthwhile, so keep going. Um, these are very thorough, very detailed audits, and you're gonna wanna include your Google Analytics information or other analytics data alongside your qualitative assessment of each page of your content. So go forth and prosper with these content audits. And I'm gonna share a little bit more information about how you can put one of these audits together. So in your audit alongside your analytics data, you're also gonna to wanna to ask yourself, what does this content support? And you're gonna to wanna to figure out what the organizational value of a particular page of content is, as well as what the audience value of a particular page is. And so you, that's where we're gonna be striking that balance between the organizational perspective and the audience perspective and determining how well your content is performing across that spectrum. So you're also gonna to wanna to put together a, a, a matrix of the content quality of your content. And you're going to do this by establishing a set of criteria. And I've taken a lot of inspiration from Colleen Jones. We talked a little bit about her earlier in the presentation on that very cool credibility study that she did on web content. So she also does this really wonderful article and exercise on establishing the content quality. And you can do that by developing your own matrix or being inspired from what Colleen has already produced. So you can use a variety of uh, criteria and establish you know, what's important to your organization uh, in terms of putting that matrix together. You'll also want to develop a content quality scale so you can figure out once you have taken a closer look at all of those various criteria, um, how well is that content performing against that, that matrix? And so you can assess a high, medium, and low quality rating. For example, that's what I use, um, or another kind of ranking uh, that you put together yourself. And that helps you determine what kind of intervention a particular page of content needs. 
So in this case, if a page gets ranked low, then it may need to be expired from your site completely or removed completely uh, from your site. But if it's high, maybe everything's in tip-top shape with that piece of content and you've already done all of the hard work in getting it into, uh, into shape. So one final note before we move off of the content audit. Uh, the content audit should be an evolving, living document. You want to use it as a tool to support your content strategy work even beyond a go-live for a redesign. So it's something that you should have access to, uh, your colleagues should have access to. So put it in a space where it can be collaboratively updated uh, on a regular basis. So step number three, create a message hierarchy. Create a message hierarchy is a system, a message system that you can use to make sure that every single page on your website is meeting your business objectives. You want to make sure that, that every page on your site is doing its intended job. Margot Bloomstein is another great content strategist, and she has this wonderful book called Content Strategy at Work. And it has a lot of detailed instructions on how you can create a message hierarchy or a message architecture. So typically they consist of a primary message that's a, a single bold and concise statement of what your org is fighting for. And then you'll have a series of secondary or supporting messages about how your organization gets the job done. And then finally, you'll have a call to action. Ultimately, that's what you want your constituents to do on that particular page of content. We never want to leave a page of content without some kind of call to action to help your constituents continue the journey on your site. Step number four, cut content. So you'll be editing for clarity, relevance, conciseness, precision, and of course the appropriate style, tone, and voice that's consistent with your brand. You want to make sure that you're evaluating your content as impartially as, as possible. So you don't be afraid to nix content that doesn't support your most critical organizational and audience objectives. There's this really great quote from Steve Krug, who wrote this web usability book called Don't Make Me Think. Uh, this sounds pretty extreme. Get rid of half the words on each page, then get rid of half of what's left. But ultimately, the sentiment is true. You want to make sure that all of the content that you have on your site is not frivolous. It's not fluffy, like Aaron described it uh, in the quote we talked about earlier. It's not irrelevant, as Jerry McGovern is saying here. Don't publish content just because you have it. You only want to publish content that's relevant, uh, that has currency for your audiences. So keep that in mind as you're working on your content. Step number five, perform a gap analysis. So now that you've done your content audit and you know what you have and you know how well it's performing, maybe you've identified some missed opportunities with your content. Um, maybe you have already conducted some user research and know directly from that user research what your audiences need to do or consume on your site. So pair that user research with something like a content gap analysis so that you can create content that truly bridges that gap between what your business uh, objectives are and what your constituents need on your site. One really beautiful example of, I think here, 
understanding critically what your users need, what your constituents need, comes from the Alzheimer's Association. So this is a, a, a relatively new website that they've produced that won a Webby Award. So congratulations, Alzheimer's Association, on that. This beautiful, immersive, I think very innovative website that truly understands what their constituents are looking for when they come to the organization and wanna learn about living with Alzheimer's. So this website has video content, audio content, incredibly elegant, sophisticated illustrations. And I think it really taps into what their constituents are looking for when they come to the organization and wanna learn about living with Alzheimer's. So think about an example like that in your own organization. Are your audiences clamoring for more personal stories? Are you missing some emotional resonance, resonance in, in your content? Uh, do you have a great social media presence, but that's not really reflected or integrated into your website? So thinking about a content gap analysis and also pairing that with user research might help you identify those missed opportunities. Step number six, use page description diagrams. So once you've taken a closer look at how your content is performing, uh, you may find that there are some critical pages that are just simply underperforming. And page description diagrams are a really great exercise to figure out where a page may be going wrong for your audiences. So you can set up uh, a really interesting uh, hierarchy of high priority content, medium priority content, and low priority content to start establishing a better information architecture or information hierarchy uh, for your content. So page description diagrams can really help you identify where you may be missing out on losing folks' interest uh, on your page content. Maybe that page is getting abandoned pretty quickly uh, and you need to do a little bit of a deep dive into figuring out uh, why that's happening. So page description diagrams can be a bridge between the content audit and your wireframing process. So uh, you can start with page description diagrams to figure out what that hierarchy of priorities are for a particular page, and also to determine what the specific requirements are for that particular page before you even get into your wireframing tool or maybe pass this uh, content information along to your information architect. So page description diagrams are a great tool to help you determine page objectives and assets and maybe reassess um, how a current page is, is laid out from a template perspective or even the content that's on that page. So you're able to disassociate the content from the design, the content from the structure, the content from the layout, and you can really take a closer look at logistics issues, maintenance issues, governance issues, opportunities and risks related to those as well. Step number seven, explore storytelling techniques. And this actually may be my most favorite step because it's the most creative. So storytelling, as we know, is the oldest and most powerful art form. And it's a key element in how you're connecting with your constituents on your site. We want to help your constituents easily experience why they should care about your organization and your mission. It really goes all the way back to that emotional resonance that we were talking about earlier. We are all storytellers at heart. And I love, love, love this quote from Joan Didion, who is a novelist and essayist. And this notion of wanting to tell stories, wanting to share stories with one another, I think is a really great way to think about making that connection to your cause with your constituents. 
So storytelling can help you lead with your mission as Best Friends Animal Society does in an amazing and incredible way throughout all of their channels from email to social to their website. So they really are using the stories of their animals to reach out and connect with their constituents. Storytelling can also help you show value. So this notion of being able to underscore the critical impact of your work, Oxfam does a really great job on this with these really beautiful illustrated maps to show the reach of their work. Storytelling can help you make your case and, and, and show your donors and advocates exactly what they're able to help you accomplish. Storytelling can also reflect who you are. I personally love this particular story about this Harvard ornithology professor who just over the summer traveled cross-country on his bike. And Audubon picked up on that story and was able to connect his amazing journey with all of the birds that he was seeing along the way. And so this story resonated with me personally because I'm an amateur birder, but it also had a really wonderful component of the story related to Black Lives Matter and how this professor is relating to people on his journey. So Audubon, I think, did a really great job in promoting this story and really showing where they stand. Uh, So this was a really powerful story for me personally, too. Storytelling can also get people involved. National Parks Conservation Association does this great job in soliciting stories from their constituents and getting them to post them online. And then you can go and find the national park stories that you're most interested in and read those stories on the web. So this is another really great idea for getting folks engaged on your website. Ask them to share their stories. We all want to tell our own stories. All right, step number eight. Tailor your content. If you have an opportunity to personalize your site, to conditionalize your site, and let your constituents know that you know who they are, and you know some information about the relationship that you've been building with them, do it. It goes a long way into making your constituents feel like they're a part of your community. So take advantage of those opportunities if you can avail yourself of them. Step number nine, create an editorial calendar. So we've been talking about all of the different channels beyond just your website that you have to manage content for. So you have to manage content on your uh, social channels, uh, through email, on your website. So create an editorial calendar so that you'll know, uh, you know, three months, six months, nine months, 12 months out into the future, you know, what your planning process needs to be uh, to build all of this content Um, based on the user research that you've been doing, based on the content strategy work that you've been doing. And it really does help you keep track of of all of those, you know, fairly complex and sophisticated processes. And finally, method number 10, develop a content style guide. So just speaking about all of these various channels that you have to manage, you may need some help externally with other folks who might be creating and curating content on your site. If that's the case, you wanna give them some very detailed instructions on how to develop that content. 
So create a content style guide if you don't already have one that's a part of your overall brand guide so that you will have the ability to give people some good sense of what your content should be like uh, across all of your digital properties. All right, that is the complete list of 10 surefire ways that you can build a robust and effective content strategy for your organization. So here are a few takeaways that you can take back to your colleagues at your nonprofit. So content strategy truly does contribute to an optimal user experience. Without content strategy, we might end up having, as Aaron Kassain said, fluffy, purposeless, and boring, irritating content. So make sure that uh, you're following these steps to have an optimal UX for your content. Be the evangelist for your uh, team and your organization for content strategy. Uh, if you wear lots of hats at your organization, that's okay. Content strategy can certainly be one of those hats. And finally, a content inventory and a content audit or your friends. Those are the two first places that you should start uh, in building a robust and effective content strategy practice for yourself and for your organization. So go forth and prosper with an inventory and an audit.